Hey everybody, thanks for checking out a new episode of Those Movie Dudes Podcast. We got a fun episode coming up today. We're going to be talking about Billy Crystal trying to find a love in New York City for when Harry met Sally. We're going to be talking about Al Pacino's over-the-top shenanigans playing Satan himself for the Devil's Advocate. And we're going to find out if Alfred Hitchcock has what it takes to win over John's distaste of classic films with the 39 Steps. Stay tuned for another episode of Those Movie Dudes Podcast, coming up right now. Superman. What if the yeah? What if the Man of Steel poster was just Kevin Costner? It wasn't even about Superman. <laughs> Could you imagine, dude? <laughs> just him like at the farm with his little like tan jacket. <laughs> Kevin Costner is the Man of Steel. Him getting it's just engulfed by business. a twister. <laughs> directed by Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> no, directed by Kevin Costner, dude. What the fuck? He's an acclaimed director. Wait, yeah. three days to kill. Directs his own movie. No, that's three directed days to by kill him just G. standing there with Excuse a pistol. Me. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. You ball. <laughs> I wouldn't saw that movie by uh, myself in theaters. What is a uh, a musical artist that is long overdue for a biopic? Biopic. Okay. I would say John Lennon, maybe? The Beatles? I was going to say the Beatles, mainly because of the shirt that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Made me think of... Uh... Either the Beatles or a couple individual movies, like a Paul McCartney movie going into the Beatles, a John Lennon movie post-Beatles like I would love to see like work. a like a Rolling Stones Aerosmith type like biopic, just because mm-hmm. all the partying like or Kiss dude like fucking what they went oh, through. God. That would echo with costume design if they Jagger. did it right. But there's still like some of the having a Caesar all the time. Yeah, but the oldest bandits would still exist. It's like holy shit, it's mm-hmm. crazy. I've seen them in concert. I saw the Rolling Stones, and I was like, I mean, I was probably like ten, but. They were mm. old then. <laughs> that would have been awesome, dude. Well, while you were throwing your cat out of the window, uh, we, I was asking Nate what uh, musical artist is long overdue for a biopic. He thought the Beatles. Mm. I'm going to go with like a classic. Well, I rock said band. John Lennon. John Lennon granted, in particular. But, yeah, but focus Beatles on his would life. Kind of like a Bohemian Rhapsody focus on Freddie Mercury's life type thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I can see it. But I'd be, I'd be happy with a movie called like Come Together or something, and it's just about the Beatles coming together. It's true. <laughs> or something. I don't yeah. know. And there's a lot of movies that are about the Beatles mm-hmm. already, but nothing uh, nothing like biopic worthy. What, what are you thinking over there, John? A little Selena Gomez, a little Ariana Grande. A little... <laughs> I was trying to think of one that's, <laughs> like Ed Sheeran. that's, that's dead, oh. you know, like because there's a oh, lot of artists. That's so maybe, I, I mean, maybe I would say probably like Prince or something because, you know, oh, he has Prince a, would be a good one. Yeah, I'd see. Um, yeah. There's only been like, I'm thinking of uh, artists that have movies about them, but they're all documentaries like Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nirvana, you know yeah. it'd be cool to have someone like play Kurt Cobain or Prince or that'd be, that'd be nice Jimi too. Hendrix yeah true imagine yeah. having Bob like Marley yeah Jamie Marley Fox would be cool well, Ooh. Dude, Jamie Foxx has uh, been developing a Mike Tyson biopic for like 10 years now and he's gonna play Mike Tyson and he's got the voice down like, and he's, he's gonna, gonna win an Oscar he's gonna probably win the Oscar for this performance yeah. whenever they actually go and shoot the movie He's mm-hmm. gonna knock it out of the park because I mean he's already won an Oscar for Ray. Uh, which sure he'll find he, a way to lose, lose the Oscar in Street. Yeah, and he was double nominated that year because he was in supporting for Collateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean he's gonna win another Oscar. Uh, I think for Mike Mike Tyson. He's crazy talented. What do you think it's gonna be called? I bit your ear off. It's probably Mike just Tyson gonna go story. the generic route and call it just Tyson. Or Mike. Ugh. I probably <laughs> yeah. if they call it Mike or Mike t- or Tyson, I'm not gonna go see it because I'll no, think it's like they can't just call the, it Mike. The... They could have called Iron Mike. Maybe that's what they'll call it because he was Iron Mike Tyson. 
Tyson chicken tenders. On that note. Wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> on that was a terrible one to transition off of. Yeah, well, exactly. well that, was, uh, that was bad. But uh really if, if you're if you're sticking with us, hello. Uh we are those movie dudes. Oh, Nate just gave us the finger. Okay. Um or maybe maybe <laughs> what probably me. I'm so this guessing is it's probably me specifically. Yeah, okay. Has to be has to be one <laughs> of us. Um but every week we watch three acclaimed movies that we've never seen before. We uh, put that in a poll on our Instagram, and our followers vote on which movies uh, get decided on. And this week, we had a couple of interesting little films. Uh, my film that won the poll was a movie that was I was kind of surprised won the poll, because I put it up against a movie I really wanted to see called The Right Stuff, a little three-hour mm-hmm. and eight-minute space movie uh, like, really? that I heard was great. Yeah, but anyways... It was the Devil's Advocate with like thirty votes. Someone like people really wanted us to watch the Devil's Advocate for some reason. So uh, that is the one that we watched for my pick this week. Holy hmm. shit! I did yeah. not realize it had. That. Dude, all of them had a, a lot for some <laughs> that reason. Was. Wow. Well, thanks for voting, guys. That we appreciate it. Make sure you keep doing it. Uh, my movie was the Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher movie directed by Rob Reiner when Harry met Sally. So a little. A little 80s love story in New York. You know, walking mm-hmm. in Central Park, you know, falling in love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something okay. like that. So, all right. We'll find I was kind of hoping think... the other movie won for you that week, uh, Election. I was kind of hoping to rewatch I was for hoping election, I voted but... for Election. I was actually yeah, really surprised. I voted for Election as well. Nate actually went ahead and watched it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I watched you... it well, anyway. Yeah. When Harry Met Sally was kind of my throwaway pick because yeah. I wanted. <laughs> Election well, one, but yeah, okay. Hey, huh. I watched it. We got to see Billy Crystal as a gremlin goblin boy uh, in New York. So, yeah, okay, that didn't make sense, but uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll get into that later. Okay, yeah, well, uh, I picked little Alfred Hitchcock 30s thriller, The 39 Steps, <gasps> kind of before he became big in America. So, uh, one that I was excited for because it is also on the Criterion Collection, so I might own it someday. I love the the picture, the poster they went with, like, him with, like, the the trench coat or whatever, like, in the the wind on the hill or something. Running over the hills. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool Mm -hmm. little poster, and I've almost bought the movie because of it. Yeah, it it has. And this is a movie from 1935, John. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Alfred Hitchcock, way before I was born, dude. I'm going to keep going until one of them gets a four stars. (laughs) Well, we'll have to to wait and see. Oh, interesting. Little tease, little tease. Okay. Well, you're going right. to set you up for disappointment, but yeah. To be honest, nah, I can go with any movie this week first. It doesn't really matter. I have no preference or order. Uh, it's kind of just whatever one you guys are leaning towards in particular or, or not, you know? Um, I feel Mike Wazowski kinda... right now. I feel a little I Mike don't Wazowski. know what that means. I know what Mike it means. Mike Wazowski. Dude, Billy Crystal. What are you talking about? Oh, okay, yeah. We can we can do that if you would <laughs> little, like. When Harry met Sally? Yeah, yeah. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. Uh, so, starting off with Harry Met- when Harry met Sally uh, in the 1989 New York love story. The poster we literally have Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal just like standing over New York City. So you really know where this movie takes place. It's kind of your run of the mill. Yeah, uh, kind of you know that movie come to uh, they come together. It's that's that's what they're making fun of here in that film. But uh, directed by Rob Reiner, who's done uh, The Princess Bride. Right, mm-hmm. I think. Yes, and also Stand by Me, which wow, damn, amazing so, you know, movie, pretty, pretty good solid job doing your research. there. <laughs> Coming into uh, do when Harry met Sally, and uh, 
yeah, these these guys, you know, they kind of kind of meet in college on a on a road trip home to New York from I think Chicago. Pretty sure yep. is where they go to college. University of Chicago, nineteen seventy seven. Wow, thank you, Nate. And initially, you know, they kind of hate each other because that's kind of how these movies go. And then over the years, they reconnect two or three times. They still hate each other. And, you know, eventually, maybe maybe they fall in love. You know, we don't know. We don't know unless you watch the film. So, uh, uh, Spencer, have you seen this movie before? Wow, great job. Um, So, yeah, uh, I have seen this movie before. I watched this a couple of years ago. Yeah, I've always really enjoyed this one. It's just a funny engaging little quirky movie it's so weird like billy crystal and meg ryan are both just like these super weird ocd characters and their match together is so perfect and their chemistry together i mean i don't care whether they were friends or in a relationship during this movie just their chemistry on screen i just it was just magnetic it worked it was just it was just funny to me and every time i watch this movie i laugh every time and especially with those cutaways with the old couples like just kind of reminiscing about like when they met and stuff like it was random but it just worked it was just like the the overall theme and message of the movie and it, it would just kind of and they were short they're only like 30 to 60 seconds long but it was it was just added a little little element to this movie that made it a little different i have a hard time when movies jump in the timeline significantly so you'd go five or ten minutes, and then you'd cut to five years later. Five or ten minutes would go by, you'd cut to, like, four years later. I'm just like, come on, let us get attached to these characters at, like, some point in the timeline. Um, but I did like their interactions in between, especially the, like, infamous her faking an orgasm scene in the diner. Yeah, That's kind of what I was having. <laughs> yeah, I was I was super yeah. excited when I was seeing that. I was like, oh, this is one of like the most parodied scenes ever. Like you can find it referenced in any movie that will have a diner in it. Right. And I did like the characters a lot, but Meg Ryan just kind of got under my skin. I was just like, oh, my God, she's so just pompous and a princess. And I'm like, oh, why does he yeah. like her? <laughs> oh, my God. She was making me so mad. The entire time, I'm like, stop complaining. Stop. <laughs> That's I all I can think the, uh, He was the girl that he was with for the too, first like, five minutes. Not really. <laughs> I thought Billy Crystal was pretty normal. I was just like, okay, yeah, he, he talks a lot, but she was just whiny and crybaby, and he was just kind of a regular guy who was sad a lot of the time, but aren't we all? We're all a little sad all the time. Yeah, I I didn't mind Meg Ryan. I thought that she, mm. you know, I kind of liked her character. She was charming. She was funny. But when it came to Billy Crystal, he just seemed like this grimy, 99-cent version of Rob Schneider type of guy to me. Like, he what just... The fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> Highly disturbing. Or maybe, like, a slightly, a slightly better version of Rob Schneider, where he was just this guy with Billy tiny Crystal's little legs hilarious. bouncing around. I didn't think, I mean, there were some really funny scenes, but it came to a point where I just, I think she's way out of his league. And I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I agree, <laughs> you know, and, and she's just like drop dead dude like that, that eighties hair. It's just like, and then Billy Crystal is just this guy with a receding hairline and he doesn't really have any character arc throughout the movie. He really doesn't compared to her. Like she definitely does. She goes from being this just like kind of annoying college girl to, you know, she has these failed relationships and grows what are you up talking a little about? No, bit. No, no, but and... he he's has all these, like, major, like, uh, methods he's been living his life by, how, like, men and women can't be friends and all that stuff, and he completely backpedals 100%. 
and understands. He's like, well, he well they it, it, it explores comes, that it a lot comes to fruition. It, it ends up that being true. No, like, exactly. They can't just be but friends. he would just go back and forth on his own fucking philosophies the entire time. It was just that's what made him so funny because like he he wouldn't just like he wouldn't stick true with it. it was, like when they met up again like later, he's like, I never said that. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, Well, <laughs> yeah, like in the airplane. And that was shit. funny. So he kind of proved himself right in a way. I guess. Like, it would get into spoilers, but I think he was kind of right. But I, that's just me. I just, for me, I, I didn't like how the movie just kind of beat her, beat around the bush the whole time. Like, I was just like, they need to end up together at some point, right? And it's just, there were so many scenarios that just led to them, you know, either breaking it off or they just were still friends throughout. He was basically friend zone for 90% of the film. Well, the and moment guess... when it happened is, I thought it was a, was an awesome scene. It was such a cool shot because they're at the New Year's party, they're dancing, and the camera stays still, but they're like twirling and their heads are on each other's cheeks, and they have this moment where just like it both clicks to them. It's like, oh wait, they both actually love each other, and they play it off so yeah. awkwardly because it's the whole, of course, it's the cliche, they're friends, we can't complicate it with sex type thing, and obviously they do, and it's it turns into a, an issue. And I think that's where I have my issue with the movie is when they started to fall apart. And like they go, I don't know, a couple seasons without talking to each other or like hanging out, and that's when I feel like it just kind of drags a little bit. And especially after seeing it four times, I feel like it just it it starts really fast out of the gate. And like I I like the whole jumping of time thing. Like I thought that was funny how they go five years and then they meet up again and then they have kind of like the same back and forth, meet up again five yeah. years later. And then I even liked Carrie Fisher's addition as like the friend, and how she ended up with He's his never best gonna friend. Leave her. <laughs> He's never gonna leave her, is she? No. Yeah, yeah no. You're right. You're right. And dude, the, the scene <laughs> yeah. when they actually, when they after the uh, the aftermath of when they leave the apartment and they have sex and uh, they call each other's friends and they're both in bed together and it's like a four way split scene. Oh, that was cool. great. That was I amazing. That. Apparently, it took yeah. sixty takes to nail down. Just like because they had to shit. do it all like together. It's insane, and it just it has these little moments that stand that makes this movie stand out from other types of like romantic comedies and really I think paved the way for what we've seen since in the last like I don't know like 25 years it's, it's been it's been a long time uh since this movie came out and uh it, it really influenced how we've seen romantic comedies be done absolutely no it, yeah i i i just think you kind of see it coming easily, in a way 100% and i just had a hard time they would go from like some scenes would be really long, drawn-out scenes with a lot of emotion and whatnot, but then there would be scenes that were, like, a couple minutes long. Like, there would just be uh, Meg Ryan and her friends sitting at lunch, and then it cuts to, like, five years later. It's like, that conversation had nothing to do with anything. It was just them talking about the other one's fiance or something like that. When, she's yeah. over it. Talking about who's it was just kind of like it, it goes, it parallels their relationship because yeah, she breaks up with Joe, that guy uh, that they initially met at the airport. Uh, they've been together for five years. They break up, have that lunch. And then it immediately cuts to Billy Crystal net friend at a baseball game. Having, he's got the beard and he just, his wife was cheating on him. And uh, I just loved how in that scene, like all the, everyone was doing the wave and he's having this really sad conversation with his friends. And then and they, they both, and they both just stand up and <laughs> yeah. do the wave with him and sit back down and continue the conversation. Yeah. It's like, it's just pretty funny. And even like the scene, in the batting cage too, like, <laughs> I don't know. These are little got a whole stack there. of quarters. Yeah. Of shit. I think just Billy, <laughs> yeah. Billy Crystal just kind of brings a lot to this movie. I, I think I liked his performance and I liked Meg Ryan, even though I do understand why I think she's kind of annoying in the movie. 
She's a little uh, ditzy. You know, she's got a little Marilyn Monroe seven-year itch going on. But I just um, think Rob Reiner does a good job with characters. <laughs> he's just with, like, Stand By Me, Misery, all these other types of movies. He he nails characters really well and makes them, I feel like, engaging to watch, at least to me. I, I, I like what he does with them. And he does it in a unique way, especially like Princess Bride too. It just, you get attached to these characters without much. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I think we've been hit with so many romantic comedies, kind of. You seeing this years later, you kind of see how it's going to play out. So that kind of ruined it for me a little bit, just because I didn't, I kind of saw it coming. Um, but I did like the characters a lot, and some of the sweet scenes that you would see between them was really nice, and the eventual payoff was great as well. But definitely one that I was happy to cross off the list, because I knew that one had gotten a lot of acclaim, it had the famous scenes... Um, oh, so yeah, yeah it, it was, it was definitely a good movie, but just wasn't, it, it, it needed a little more, like a, a little more emotion, I guess, but maybe that's just me. What do you, uh, what do you think you would give it overall? Uh, I, it was like my lowest grade of the week. Um, Fair. I gave it a three and a half out of five. Oh shit. Still, still good. That's higher yeah, than I thought you were going to go. <laughs> well, it's still good. Like okay. it was still an enjoyable movie, Fantastic. but there were just things about it that just kind of bugged me. Like sure. Meg Ryan's whole persona and um, how she would treat him sometimes, even though he was just being a friend. And I don't know. I like the bickering at the beginning too. Just them like, oh no, In that can't happen. Like how how many yeah. times have you had this great sex? And she's like, I don't need to tell you. And she's like, his name was Sheldon. Oh, yeah, Sheldon's like a nerdy guy's name. Yeah, that's just what a woman wants to say. Oh, Sheldon. Oh, Sheldon. And I'm like, <laughs> Billy Crystal. Screw you, Sheldons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for this, for me, When Harry Met Sally, this is a movie that I feel like just gets better and better the more you rewatch it. And I've seen this movie four times now, so I've seen, I know the story. I, I, I know the turns at every corner. So I'm kind of just watching the movie more, just watching the more technical elements of the movie, like the cinematography, the writing, the performances. And I think all of that is just excellent. It's great. It's stuff that you don't normally see in these like direct to Netflix romantic comedies that just try to emulate the same style. Uh, it, it set the bar for what could be done with this genre. And it's, it's a bummer that you guys hadn't seen it and are, are too accustomed to all these types of movies because it definitely borrows so much. But I'm glad that we finally... I've all seen it, and uh, I've seen it a lot. I watched the Blu-ray, in fact, because it got taken off HBO Max. Uh, so this is just kind of one of my favorites in this genre. So I went four and a half out of five for When Harry Met wow. Sally. Yeah. This is just one of my favorites, uh, and I've, I I love going back and watching it over the years. Yeah, I guess after seeing it that many times, especially, I mean, what? how old do you think you were the first time you saw this? 17. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you have a certain affinity for it, and I, I just... I like movies like this. I needed something feel good because I feel like we watch so many movies that are either just just depressing or they just leave a sour taste in your mouth. <laughs> um, so I just needed something to kind of just bring up the vibes a little bit. And you kind of you do get it with this one. There's so many, uh, like you said, iconic scenes. The one at the diner um, and the one at the um, at the football game was also really good. There are a lot of other really good ones as well. But I. I was hoping for more of like a full-on love story, and I don't think you really get that. I think it just takes too long to get to that point. I would have liked if things just kind of got moving a little quicker. I feel like the uh, the friends get together far lo- far quicker. This than, is all stuff I think you know. that gets better when you rewatch it. It's yeah, it it's clicks just, it's, a lot again, better. Little nitpicks. I mean, yeah, it's just it is. I I think I was just expecting 
something a little bit different, but it's still a very well-made romantic comedy. And you know, watching it now, I don't, I don't, I think it definitely probably holds up to people who've seen it back then. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I give it a three and a half out of five. Imagine so. it's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Very Imagine nice. Okay, well, it's not streaming, so, so you can't watch When Harry Met Sally. No, it is streaming. It is streaming oh, it is. on oh. CBS All Access. Oh, okay. So if you have Which CBS have. All that, Okay, well, there you go. So if you have that streaming site, you, you can go and watch it. Mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally, on one of uh, my personal favorite romantic comedy movies. There you go. All right. Uh, what, what, cool. what, uh, what movie are you guys leaning towards next? Uh, movie number two. Um, second I, out of the three movies um, we watched. Mm. I'd go with the 39 steps. Ooh, little 39 steps. Alfred Hitchcock. I would mind knocking that one out. <sighs> wow. Okay. Well, not, I mean, I, I'm really. No, no, no. You said it. I'm it's not fine. partial. It's, it's chill. It's chill. You know, okay. It's All fine. right. It's chill. As long okay. as it's chill. All right. Well, Nate, why don't you, uh, why don't you take us away with the 39 steps? No. Okay. The Devil's Advocate. Uh <laughs> Okay, so the Thirty Nine Steps. Um, did I? I was kind of surprised. I didn't know who this director was until I watched the movie. Um, Al Hitchcock, little Alfred Hitchcock. Um, yeah, I didn't know so who that was, but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, and, really? yeah, Thirty Nine Steps from nineteen thirty five. It was one of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's early uh, sound adaptations. He did movies, silent movies like The Lodger, Story of a London Fog, that really made him big in cinema. But this was one of his earliest like big famous movies that he came up with and Richard Haney stumbles upon a conspiracy that thrusts him into a hectic chase across the Scottish moors and a chase in which he is both the pursuer and the pursued. Jonathan, do you know what pursued means? No. Can you explain it? I cannot. Spencer, can you explain it to both of us? I am <laughs> sitting this one out. Two syllable okay. words, so that's, right. that's a lot to ask. Well, uh, John, do you think you could climb 39 steps without stopping? Maybe when I was like 18, but now I I live on the fourth floor, and I refuse to take the stairs. Okay, well, this movie relates to you then, so uh, uh, what do you think? I don't think it has anything to do with actual, like... Just tell me about the movie. <laughs> tell me your okay. thoughts. Well, you were asking specifically about the steps, so I'm just, <laughs> I just wanted to get into that. Uh, uh, yeah, so you get, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Hanny, it's a somewhat famous actor, right? I don't know, you want to look He was up? a famous actor, Robert Donut. Robert Donut, so yeah, he was... Donut. Donut. He was my favorite part of the movie. I think he had so many scenes where he just kind of killed it stole stole the scenes he was in especially the one where he just gets thrown into this public speech at like a political rally mm-hmm. he just the dialogue that and i haven't seen very many hitchcock movies but i can imagine he you know he's just an incredible writer as well as a director uh he these char- this this character in particular was very well written i think that the movie really revolved around him completely like the other characters didn't really have that much to do um, I found the woman kind of annoying. Like it mm-hmm. seemed so obvious that like this guy was trustworthy, but she was just like, mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and then it she, finally she's like, oh, oh, oh sorry. And then, <laughs> would how would know. you feel if a strange man walked into your train cabin and just made out with you? But I do think for 1935, I enjoyed this movie. Like I, and I know. I think it was definitely ahead of its time. It's got Hitchcock behind it, so it had nothing to do with 39 Steps. 
There's, it was a, a code there's a, word. There's a meaning behind exactly. it. Exactly. Hardly. Yes. Just, but we can't talk Yikes. about it because it would spoil it. Exactly. Well, for a spy movie, and especially in 1935, this one I thought was a ton of fun. It was very quick. It was only like 90 minutes, so it flew by. Uh, I loved the main character, and just he was witty. Like I could, I could see how Bond could honestly be an influence from this movie. It's just some of the shit that they would do, and I just. I really enjoyed it as well. Like, you can tell that this movie inspires so many spy movies in the future, you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. I mean, this didn't... I don't think it had as many, like, twists and turns as, like, maybe a spy movie we're accustomed to, but it definitely didn't need it. Because, yeah. like, you watch, like, um, like Mission Impossible now, and it's like, oh, Tom Cruise is wearing someone's face. He's pretending to be this person and that person, and, you know, sometimes it just gets to be too much. But I actually appreciated how this was... You know, a somewhat simplistic plot for a, mm-hmm. a spy Very film. simplistic, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It felt like one of the first cat and mouse movies where you just saw all of the chases and how they would slowly pursue him and the situations he would find himself in, like in that random cottage. And the husband of that wife mm-hmm. is like, "Who is this guy?" And seeing them talk with each other and seeing how he gets out of situations. Um, but I just, I thought it was really clever. Like how he would be in the parade, marching as the cops are running by. You're just yep. like, how the hell would Which they not see him that's... just standing there in the open, just marching? Yeah, <laughs> but that's thing that's been done in, in movies since then. You know. But so. what a coincidence that uh, that woman just happened to be at that rally. <laughs> like how weird that he's just up on stage and then all of a sudden she's there. Yep. And she's like, nope, that's the guy right there. Totally rats him out twice. Twice, bitch. Oh man, she is too, yeah, and she was for asshole. quite a while. Yeah, until she learned, she did eventually find out. But um... I love when he yelled at her, though. I was like, "Nice, dude, you got a, you got it, <laughs> you got her back for a little bit." <laughs> and how yeah. they're like handcuffed together, and he's just like, "Okay, so we're gonna have to just like share the same bed because you know we're handcuffed." And she's like, "Uh, no." He's like, "All right, so I'll pass out." so i'm not like the biggest hitchcock fan like i don't i haven't seen a lot of hitchcock movies like i've seen the main ones like uh psycho and uh vertigo what else a rear window i feel like those all like fucking rhymed um but like i've never seen the birds i haven't seen some of his early work stranger on a train i've seen that one that one's really good but i haven't Mm -hmm. seen some of the other hitchcock ones like rebecca or 39 steps until now you Um, watched the lady vanishes Yep, I did watch that one as well. Um, but I've never Rebecca's really known phenomenal too. Hitchcock to kind of do comedic movies. I mean, he definitely has some like some funny scenes in some movies, but this one had me like laughing and chuckling every now and then. Especially the the whole scene when he gets thrown up in the rally and has to make up that whole speech, and he actually like wins over mm-hmm. the crowd and like yeah. pisses off the crowd. It was just funny shit like that. Mm-hmm. The camaraderie for the two characters reminded me a lot of another movie. Uh, I think it came out the same year. Uh, it happened one night with Clark Gable and Claudette oh. Gobert. Um, but yeah, it was, there was just a lot to like about the main character and just how slick he was, but he was also like an honest person who just got caught in a shitty situation. And I, I just want to know, like, the beginning, this is in the beginning of the movie, so it doesn't really spoil anything, but um, the woman comes in and she has the knife in her back, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. How did he like not know that there was someone else in the apartment somewhere? Yeah, no, he didn't. That seemed pretty he, small. He just like looked at it. It was like, oh no. <laughs> and then somehow that person got away, but the cops were downstairs. Well, didn't he bribe so someone how... to like take their jacket and like, or like, or he convinced? He made up the story. He convinced the milk guy. Milk guy, yeah, he yeah but made up the story. Yeah. I don't know how the the bad guy got out that door with the cops out there, but he had to put a disguise on. You never know who's corrupt. And that's Never just, know. yeah, I thought it was very well done for one of Hitchcock's earlier films. Um, seeing the lady vanishes and Rebecca's phenomenal. That one best picture. So Hitchcock's definitely one of those directors that he was very consistent. And I know that there was a couple moments throughout the thirties through the fifties where he almost had a movie released every year of the decade. Like I think Holy in the fifties, he released like one in 50, 51, 52, 54, 55, 56, like, yeah, he just kept going. Just does that mean they're year. all good though? Like, or does or does he no, have some like but, some stinkers? Um, some I haven't seen a lot of relatively good. Yeah, but yeah, he's big on the Criterion Collection. Like, I watched. Um, is Rebecca the on Lodger. the Criterion Collection? It is. I own it. The Lodger story of the London Fog. That's a silent movie, but that has a lot of the uh, thriller aspects that he would later perfect and yeah. eventually lead mm. to Psycho, which is arguably when one did of Psycho the come most. Out? The 1960s. 50s. Oh, 60s, okay. In 60s. And he had been making movies since, obviously, the, the 20s. 30s. The, wow. Yeah, I mean, he's, he was writing movies Holy in the shit, mid-20s. Though. Well, he first started in the UK, because that's where he's from. And then he gradually made his way over to the United States. He's, and then he's definitely an inspiration. Big. I mean, he paved the way for filmmaking and techniques, and he nailed down certain genres. And he, honestly, it's been a lot of fun going back and watching these old movies. And I know they're a drag for John. But hey, I mean, he liked this one. He just he's admitted it now, and that's it's, it's like it, one it in, an acclaimed one director, in five, I guess. One in six. Well, that's <laughs> what you usually give the movies. I know, but um, yeah, yeah. It, it's a fun. It's fun to go back and watch Alfred Hitchcock movies that I've never seen before, and this was one of them. Uh, so I will be happy to grade this one first. I would give it a three and a half out of five. I would possibly buy this on Criterion. Ooh. I would definitely buy it wow. on Criterion. I would not because it's uh it's not a blue as warm as color. But or... I would also give this a three and a half out of five. Yeah. Ooh, why? Alfred Hitchcock, nineteen thirty five. I just there were enough things in this movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Cinematography, acting, you know, solid storyline. This one, not so much. It was okay. uh it was a it was it was a good film. Thank you, right. Nate. You're welcome, but since it didn't reach my standard of four or higher, See, I will I told continue you I was to pick movies. Um, Fuck. But yeah, this movie was fucking perfect. Five oh, out of five. Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. I'm oh. kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I was, that, that was a joke. Um, I was going to insert the, the five out of five jingle that we haven't made yet. No, 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 no. But it, it, I will give it a four out of five. Definitely okay. one of the better Hitchcock movies I've seen. It's up there with the rear windows and um, the lodger and stuff like that. Psycho still sits pretty high at the top with Vertigo, but this one definitely could give it a run for its money if I watch it a few more times, but definitely a solid Hitchcock movie, and it's from the 30s. So, like, most a lot of his bigger movies were 50s, 60s onward, so it's nice to see one of these early movies, like, 
show and really take advantage of Hitchcock's style. And you can see it throughout this movie with cinematography and shadows and characters. And it was just very Hitchcock, and I enjoyed it a lot. All right. Awesome. 39 Steps. Thank you. HBO Max, if you want to go check this one out. If you haven't seen this Hitchcock film, I would definitely say give it a watch. John, who hates classic movies or anything made before 2011. I don't hate classic films. Go and watch it. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I will get you to love classic films by the end of Kaylee this. Kaylee Seinfeld's not in it, right? She's in True Grit, though. Yep, there we go. I have not seen that. Well, I have not seen all... that Haley Seinfeld film. Well, instead, Oscar we can, nominated we can watch Haley the Seinfeld. True Grit movie. Um, Fuck that. No, stay tuned for <laughs> Haley Seinfeld, True Grit, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So all right. we're done for the day. Yeah. So moving on to next week, we have. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh. I, I, I need me a little bit of this next movie because i just watched it last night and i, I kind of want to talk about it a little bit just a little bit all right well the next movie the movie that, that i was, was kind of surprised won the poll it was the uh, little devil's advocate this was a movie that wow. randomly has been in my watch list for three or four years i don't know why i just saw it on a list it's like uh underrated movies that like you haven't seen and i was like i haven't seen it so i added it to the list um, and I never watched it until now, but it's directed by Taylor Hackford. And I don't know if you guys remember that name. Um, it sounds familiar, but if Nate's movie had nope. won a handful of weeks ago, uh, a movie called Ray, which lost against Dune, uh, we all would have picked Taylor Hack- uh, Hackford films without even realizing it because he also directed Dolores Claiborne. Oh my god. No Ooh, shit. Wow, yeah. that would have been Weird. something. Fun little <laughs> trivia uh, for those movie news podcasts. Uh, we're all randomly picking Taylor wow. Hackford movies without realizing. Um, but yeah, If you're director. keeping track or someone's making a trivia well, page for I'm kind of like how John made that uh, those two yeah, picks by the same director. Bill Condon films, yeah. Who was the Kingsley yeah, and Condon, uh, yeah. Gods and Monsters, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a little, little fun fact, but you know, Ray didn't win, Dune won instead, so it could have been true. Um, Yay, but it, this movie stars Dune. Keanu Reeves, yeah. Al Pacino, and Charlize Theron, who is 21 years old in this Ooh. movie. Charlize Theron. Uh, Did you say ew? Wow. Are no, you serious? Okay. Well, <laughs> Charlize Theron. Um, fuck. It's about an exceptional Florida lawyer, John, is offered a job at a high-end New York City law firm with a high-end boss whose strange behavior gradually reveals a sinister intent. Uh, has a 67% high end office. It has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, not too high, 80% audience score. Uh, so it's uh it's 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 positive. It's good. It's a fresh movie. Um but yeah, it's it's two hours and twenty three minutes, and if I know anything about Taylor Hackford films, is that he directs movies that are a little bit too long. But Nate, you just watched this movie last night. It is fresh in your mind. How was The Devil's Advocate? Well, this might be my favorite Al Pacino performance. Oh, um, just wow. about how how kind of slick he was in this role. Dog Day Afternoon. Um, I haven't seen Dog Day, and I need to rewatch The Godfather. He was better in two than one, okay. um, but Sent up a I actually, I actually really like Keanu Reeves in this movie. I actually thought it, he had some different Keanu range. He wasn't just John Wick, like he has been, and I thought it was, it was just bizarre. It Very. wasn't what I expected, but there were a couple scenes that freaked me out with some weird faces that you might miss if you blink. So it was, yeah, I was 
bizarre. Very bizarre. And just an ending that kind of threw me for a loop. It was one of those. And I (laughs) was was just kind of like, what is going on here? Um, But I actually really enjoyed it. It was cool okay. seeing seeing Keanu Reeves and how he was acting throughout this whole situation and how his wife would act. And you kind of would piece together what was going on. Um, this reminded me a lot of The Firm. Yeah. But l- less mobby mm. and more... Biblical. Like, <laughs> mystically, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> where there was just like more spiritual stuff behind it That's and mysticalness funny, if you go to imdb but, it says like you might also like the firm <laughs> it's like the first movie that yeah says, really uh, <laughs> and That's yeah. Funny, yeah and i i prefer keanu reeves in this movie to tom cruise in the firm oh I think. sure okay um but keanu reeves but, even though he had the different range he was still very much keanu reeves <laughs> Like he has, he, was, he has a hard he was, time like, getting out of that though. Like unlike some other, but actors, I think he's, but, yeah. I think he's also so he's so famous. Like I have a hard time sometimes with Tom Cruise movies because I have a hard time seeing him as a character. I just see Tom Cruise. Keanu Reeves is. I think he kind of gets that as well now. 100%. Now that he's like a big star, I kind of have a hard time because he's just most of his characters look relatively alike so it's hard to kind of suspend that disbelief um and for me where, what, like, what makes that really work is because they're both committed so hard to their roles mm-hmm. same with time. al pacino dude oh same with, i mean because al pacino is very, is very much that's al pacino but because of the you know his his voice is so i don't know memorable i guess you just know it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and just the way he moves around and shit is just <laughs> Roy Jones Jr. Ringside seats. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Kevin. Kevin Locker. What are you doing? (laughs) Hey, you want to come upstairs? (laughs) Want to come to the party? Come on, I'll talk to you about it. I've got you back. (laughs) He was such a dick in that movie. I mean, I get get why, obviously, watching two, two hour and 20 minutes of it, but he was such an asshole, especially to Charlie's Theron. Holy fuck. But I have to say, dude, 21-year-old Charlize, she stole the uh, show for me, man. She was fucking incredible in this film. Just watching her. performance her. was very standout. When it is it awesome. Shit. Incredible, yeah. She's so fucking good in this movie, man. I like, wish... Was wow. she nominated? No, no, no. This movie didn't get any type of nom- nominations. Nothing? Too no, weird, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it was too out there and bizarre, I think, for the time. For this to really oh, she get was so good. But yeah, I, I, I feel like if we had seen, honestly, like if she was the lead in this movie, none of this kind of lawyer stuff happened. Maybe he was like the supporting character uh, and she was just having these like paranormal like visions and like uh, seeing shit and like being like, controlled by the devil. Yeah, like a psychological thriller with her in the lead. That movie would have been yeah. fucking amazing. Uh, and less campy, all, all the teases of it, like especially with her in the uh, in the changing room with the other uh, ladies, and then she's like mm. all of a sudden the face just changes, and it's like holy, like it honestly was like this. Yeah, is that freaked creepy. me out. Yeah, that I was just didn't expect it. Freaked me out. And like she thought she was going crazy and all that, and yeah, she was fucking great in this movie. Dude, they're just small little scenes like with uh, as she kept changing the 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 color of the wall and stuff, and uh, when she was in the insane asylum and just losing her fucking mind, dude, just spiraling out of control. It was. The scene in the church, unreal. That was in crazy. The, the that ch- oh was God, like, that oh, was I was not expecting that moment. to happen. And she just she she was able to show such a damaged character, but she she had this look in her eyes that almost looked like she was 
in a dream, kind of smiling, but you could see her eyes were just bloodshot and red, but she was, like, lost in this daydream. And yeah. just seeing how things played out and eventually leading into a, one of probably one of the most bizarre final sequences I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, I was just like, whoa, this took a very, very weird turn. Um, but I think it eventually paid off. Both finales but were just fucking weird. Like, I preferred the second one. I, I really liked the second one. Yeah, but then, more. It, to me, the, it made no sense when it ended. I'm just like, well, wait, wait. So, what the fuck happened? He I led got... him along this entire, his entire lifetime for this moment. No, 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 no. The, the actual, kind actual of. end. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. What do you mean he well, led oh, him along? Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the end end. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Because it, it, to I, me, it was like a cop out. I was a little disappointed, especially when that ending happened. Like, well, I mean, okay, spoiler. I may end up cutting this out, but when he shoots himself in the head, and I thought that was gonna be in, and Al Pacino freaked out, and he turned like like everything turned on fire and shit, and uh, and then all of a sudden, like it, he wakes up like in the beginning of the movie, like one of those like, oh, it was just a dream like type. It was things. all a dream thing. And then he has like a whole second chance, yeah. like, oh, I'm not gonna commit this uh, child uh, pedophile, blah blah blah. And like I'm gonna do the right thing, and then all of a sudden it was Satan, and as the reporter, Al Pacino changes to him. I, it just to me like so. Like what happened in the movie then? Did anything happen? I, no. I just was like, was it Nothing a cop out? I, I was just so confused by the ending. I just didn't get it. Yeah, I think some movies can do it, and some movies can't. Because um, if it uh, ended, if it, it ended with him had. killing himself, I'm been like, damn, that was a fucking that was dope. I don't like, think that, that they awesome. had the balls to do that. Dude. Yeah, I think, I think they had to be like the audience is gonna be pissed. There must have been yeah test screenings, himself. and they must have been like, oh no, we can't have that happen, and they they like, went and it, reshot it because that's what it felt like to me right. watching it. It yeah, was just like exactly. it, it seemed tacked on. I was like, wait. I don't know, but yeah, it it just didn't, it didn't wrap it up in a nice bow. It ri like with that little ending, it did seem like they just threw it in there to make audiences happy because it just it just adds on to the kind of the overall cheesiness of the whole heaven and hell concept, especially a '90s film. It just it isn't something that you can take all that seriously, in my sure. opinion. Yeah, yeah. I liked so. how they did incorporate the sins. And how he kept talking about vanity. And I'm going to be honest, you guys might think I'm stupid for saying this. I didn't know what vanity meant. So I looked it up to get Isn't like it... an accurate definition. <laughs> it's so remember. much self-appreciation and love okay. for yourself okay. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And after knowing that, I looked back and I was like, yep, that makes sense. Because Keanu Reeves is kind of succeeding in his career. That's one of the seven deadly sins? Is yeah, that what, oh, so he, get, okay. he gets a second chance essentially. Kinda, yeah. Right and thing. you can, okay, yeah. And you see it when he's in the bathroom because then everything starts going weird. Because when he looks up at himself and kind of does that creepy smile and winks, I think that was part of Al Pacino. He breaks the that's fourth the, wall. In well, there. That's, so what that is is like, because I don't know if you guys know, but like with the Bible, like Satan is always tempting you and stuff, sort of. Mm -hmm. And like, there's multiple instances in this movie, especially when they do a flashback. Remember when they're they're walking down the street in New York, and Al Pacino's like, um, "Hey, you know, go home to your wife. Don't worry about the case." Blah blah blah. And then he's like, "No, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna worry about the case first, and then take care of my wife." That's like the devil tempting him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So and yeah. they do that throughout the film, and that's just one of those those concept concepts that they explore. And yeah, and, just, and <sighs> th there was a part in the elevator 
where he was tempting them or he was tempting him to come up with them and you see the the two girls kind of with each other but then you see one of them's tongue go out and start licking the girl's Mm -hmm. neck it reminded me of a snake like satan and the snakes tempting adam and eve in the garden to eat the apple kind of thing it kind of i could feel a little bit of those biblical things and of course it kind of added a little extra by throwing in the the christian mom who follows the faith oh, yeah, we right. had to have yeah, that character right. in there back. and that was a little, little bit of a twist, twist. yeah it was weird yeah. it was definitely like really okay but i want i you know you roll with yeah. it yeah um and there was some mm-hmm. interesting things that i thought they chose to do with al pacino as the devil and how they could represent him as like a human and i think that they nailed down the whole lawyer aspect of these like if the mm-hmm. devil had his army it would totally be a fucking room full of lawyers just like lawyers. fucking over yeah, people, yeah. getting criminals away with murder and all the terrible stuff. And I thought Al Pacino, just his wide eyed, like just demeanor, like he was charming and charismatic, but yet he will just like murder you in your sleep. That's because he's Al Pacino. Al Pacino. In, in terms of character traits, that's pretty much what Al Pacino did in this movie. So, but I, like, like some of the character traits they chose to do uh, with him was like he like always rode the subway as his means of tra- uh, transportation, kind of like it's his own underworld. I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting, and I like that he would always speak different languages. Like he was very bilingual. That was he, weird. He basically well. was like telling that guy like what's happening with his wife and shit. Like it was just like, oh my god, like this guy is just like a genius manipulator, and that's what the devil would be. Uh, and I thought that was that was definitely interesting. And another thing, another little fun fact for you guys today: uh, mm. Keanu Reeves's suits become darker and darker as the movie progresses. It starts out with him like a tan He's suit, becoming taken, and then by the end of the movie, it's a full black suit. Uh, and that mm. was his kind of descent into the whole. Satan world and all that kind of shit, and, and then uh, he's it was John interesting. Wick immediately after. Yep, and then he's John Wick. He, <laughs> yes, probably gets killed. John Wick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But no, this this movie was definitely enjoyable. But one thing that I I want to know is, do you think Al Pacino's teeth were enhanced for this movie, or do you think he was wearing dentures, or do you think they were real? Because there, every time he smiled, it was just this big perfect teeth. Like, oh, I'm the devil. I'm perfect. You don't think he has kind of thing. Well, he probably does, but like I'm watching the whole time, and every time he smiled, I just it I it looked like it was computer generated mouth of him. You could have touched it up, then it would have made. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I guess initially it is other characters. (laughs) I guess, and all we know, he's one of the greatest actors ever. So he might have just trained his teeth to be perfect. Who knows? He's Al Pacino. It it was probably like the uh, the movie we watched last week, where they take the potion and then you know teeth are perfect or however mm, fucking Meryl Streep when death becomes her yeah maybe well, that he apparently situation. uh <laughs> turned down this role like five times because initially this movie was supposed to be this big like visual effect heavy blockbuster movie and Al Pacino was like I don't want anything to do with it and they went and brought it to Kevin Spacey and that would have been fitting if he played this what? Uh, part oh uh, okay. yeah and so Al Pacino ended up coming back when they rewrote the script and they kind of made it more like lawyer kind of centric and like all right and uh Craig T. Nelson is in a supporting role in this movie the Mr. Incredible himself I don't know if you guys caught that mm-hmm. uh but he's always Who does he's he always play? pretty good and he was one of the he guys plays, that, like, uh killed, Colin he's accused of killing his wife and whatnot uh, uh oh that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that guy yeah yeah mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think this movie is just, it's a little bit too long for me. Uh, it's bizarre, but I was never bored once during this movie. I was very engaged throughout. 
Yeah, this this movie was definitely fun. I think it has some some concepts like the heaven and hell thing is not something that I really enjoy. Like that whole '90s, I feel like it's kind of an overdone concept. They've done it a million times, but it was done well here, and I and I do like how they kind of just based it around uh, this group of lawyers that just, you know, fuck over society, letting these bad guys out there again. Uh, it's a stereotype. But- it's a stereotype for lawyers. Like yeah. lawyers are seen as just these devilish people who only care about money. Absolutely. And, kind of thing. Four hundred you know, an hour. Four hundred an hour Keanu was making. <laughs> like holy shit. In nineteen ninety seven. And that's all you like work. That's all you fucking work all you do is work when you're a lawyer like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Man. Yeah. No. Couldn't imagine. Those were great. Charlize Theron, man. I, I just, I really, she, especially, you now you're saying she was 21 in the movie. Like, she is just a generational talent. She's so good in this movie. And for a movie that is some, just kind of cheesy and weird, and it's not like, a, it's obviously not like an award worthy movie or anything. And she just kind of kills it. She kind of stands alone. So, um, I. It was good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, it was my my lowest rating of the week, but still, like it's it's fresh. I would uh, I'd give it a three out of five. Okay, fair mm. enough. Okay, so. and uh, one thing I'll say before my grade is that I enjoyed how Al Pacino try. He didn't try to sell you on the devil, but he tried to make you make him feel like the good guy. The way he explains, like, oh, God tempts you with these things. He gives them to you, which leads to something bad. And he's sitting there mocking you for it. Where the devil's like, I would rather rule in hell than be a servant in heaven. And I was like, okay, I kind of see it. Not like converted kind of thing. But I, I like it when a character like that can make you sympathize for what they were doing in a weird way. I know it doesn't make sense because it has to do with like the devil and antichrist and shit. But um, I thought all the performances around led by Charlize Theron's fantastic performance. I thought Pacino and Keanu Reeves were great too. I thought they had great chemistry um, and the way they interacted with each other. But I think Keanu Reeves just has one of the worst like crying sob faces yeah. ever. He's that's just my, that's what I'm saying. It's like, he, he always is Keanu. Can't get out of his own head. He's like, just he Keanu. Really, he, is, <laughs> he is Keanu Reeves. He he just has a way about him. His voice he cannot change his voice whatsoever. Well, so neither good. can really Al Pacino. It's just yeah. He's Keanu Reeves. He's one of the. I've, he's I've heard he's just one of the best guys exactly. in the business. Just one of the nicest people, and. Like you can't yeah. hate a guy like that. For sure. Even if his movie isn't good, you can give it a decent grade just because Keanu Reeves is just I mean he's likable. And he tries so hard, even though he might miss sometimes. And Theon Greyjoy killed his dog, so you know, you gotta feel for the guy. Four out of five for the devil's advocate. Very fun. I was never bored as well. Um, and it, I, the length didn't really bother me as much because it did a good job at dividing the time between Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino, and then also getting pretty decent scenes with Charlize Theron and kind of seeing her kind of delve into madness. So that was really good to see. Um, but yeah, four out of five. I would definitely watch this, and I would probably own it. It was oh, one shit. that I would give a rewatch. Nice. I, I think I would too. It's just, it's just one of those movies where you sit down with a bucket of popcorn, and it is. It's one of. The, it, it reminded me a lot of like the Da Vinci Code and uh you know that series where it just kind of 
twists and turns and it's kind of an adventure and exciting so. yeah it was an engaging yeah. little thriller that i hadn't seen yet it's got a budget it's got some good performances and a good cast uh yeah i would uh kind of go right in the middle between you guys i go three and a half out of five uh just because even though this movie was two hours and 23 minutes it's a little excessive and a little long with some tacked on endings that i don't necessarily agree with although nate helped kind of help me understand it a little bit more um but yeah it was uh that's why i'm here there you are it's a uh, it's a fun movie it's it's in charlie charlie's theron has a great little subplot in this movie and i, I wish honestly i wish they made a whole movie about that because that would have been really cool mm-hmm. um but yeah three and a half out of five for me the devil's advocate it is on netflix if you're uh looking for a little uh thriller i would uh say give this one a watch and yeah pop some popcorn and you could Definitely have yeah. time to finish it because it's a long movie. Maybe some Jiffy Pop, you know, I mean, some smart food if you're feeling lazy, you know, something. Nothing, nothing Don't wrong eat smart with food. That's really bad for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, yeah. uh, we have uh, we have some new movies that we are going to be announcing live on this podcast. Now we're going to put these in our stories. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, you can go to our stories and help pick which movies we're going to be talking about next week. Uh, I have my movies ready to go. Do you guys have your movies ready? So uh, we got uh, two films that I chose right before this podcast started. We have uh, the Kevin Costner baseball movie, uh, Field of Dreams. Uh, It is going against Mystic River. Okay. All right. Two very polar opposite movies. Depp in it. I don't know. You'll just have to find out. So you guys can vote on for John's picks, Mystic River and uh, League. No, no. Field of Dreams. Uh, that's in our stories right now, <laughs> and a league of yeah. their own. A great movie, though. You can vote Tom for Hanks a league of their own. It is a great movie. Gina Davis is great as well. Uh, and Nate, you're a little and mo- Madonna. You're a little movies. Madonna. No, I think you should go. You Spencer. want me to go? Okay, I'll go. I- well, actually, you know what? You doing that? It already ruined it. So I'm going with. Uh, <laughs> okay. I uh, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Um, so I chose the 2019 film Swallow. Yeah. But yeah, those were my movies for this week. So Spencer, you only said one. Your films? Yeah, you said one. You know, I tried to keep the tradition going, but um, yeah. So Can't Swallow and uh, 2009 animated film. Okay, nine. Rango. Yeah. Rango. Nope. Nope. Uh, it's called uh, Mary and Max. Oh it. my god. Okay. You've seen it, John? No, I don't know. All right, so I'll put... Oh, no, I well. haven't fucking seen it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, Marion, Max, and Swallow. You guys can vote for those picks uh, in our stories at Those Movie Dudes. Those are Nate's choices. It's a tough choice for me. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I, yeah, I could, I'll go either way with that one. I don't know. Um, so then my picks, the ones that you yes. guys can go and vote for, is uh, a classic film that I have never seen, and I really... I don't know. I'm kind of hoping this one wins. It's a movie called Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, going up against a movie called 71. It's a war film with... Oh. Uh, yep. So, yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and 71. You guys can go and vote in our stories at Those Movie Dudes right now. Please. Thank you. And okay. uh, help us uh, week, pick which movies are going to be in our podcast next week. Yeah, guys. And uh, stay tuned on Monday. We have a new episode of Mainstream Boy coming out. Also, if you haven't seen the most recent one we released uh, last Monday... Talking about uh, Natalie Dyer, or Natalia Dyer, sorry, from uh, Stranger Things. And Yes, God, Yes, one of the most recent mainstream films. But this week we're talking about An American Pickle with Seth Rogen, new on HBO Max. <laughs> I Used to Go Here with Jillian Jacobs from Love on Netflix. And what is the other one, Spencer? <laughs> I don't remember, dude. 
I suck at remembering these fucking movies. The tax collector? Uh, the tax collector with uh, Shia LaBeouf, who supposedly tattoos his entire chest in real life for a movie that currently has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, looking forward to that one. Stay tuned. Are you going to get another yeah. tattoo? I feel like you should. I'm getting a couple, hopefully, if this COVID thing decides to, you know, go fuck off. <laughs> I mean, you could, I'll, I'll give you one. Fuck. Bet. No, thanks, John. I don't want Bumblebee and Haley Steinfeld tattooed on my back. You can't tell me you don't want Haley Steinfeld on your back. I mean, is that it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're I right. think so. We'll make sure you guys can uh, subscribe to our feed on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Spotify and Stitcher now and Podbean. So make sure Fuck you guys you, follow dude. us wherever you no get your Stitcher. podcasts. And uh, there should be three episodes every week now. So uh, look forward to all that. Yeah, please, guys, at those movie dudes, go on Instagram, leave comments, like our shit, share our shit, dude. And please... I would really appreciate this if you went on Podbean, if you haven't gone on there yet. Leave a comment. Leave a review. It would really help us out. I would really appreciate just kind of seeing your thoughts. If you if you like us, if you hate us, if you hate us, please tell us because we'll stop this all together. I don't really care. I haven't invested that much money in it yet, so we can just quit. Are you guys fucking frozen, dude? You're not. You are. Nate is moving. Anyway, thanks, guys. What for, the uh... fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's such a mind See, we, fuck. we needed the video for that, guys. I, I always do that to John. Uh, but, yeah. Thanks for listening to Those Movie Dudes. Next week's episode will be available on August 14th. Make sure to go over to our Instagram and check out our stories. That's where you can vote for next week's movies. Also... Stay safe and wash your fucking hands. <laughs>